Welcome back. I'm trying to get the salt off my fingers. <laughs> For you, it's been a week. For us, it was 30 minutes. <laughs> Y'all, strap in. Dun, 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 dun. What do you have today? <laughs> we're just rushing straight into it? No, like your category. Oh, I thought you were just like, okay, let's start. Like, no. No, no conversation at the beginning. No, no, no. My category today is other. 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 Wow. And yours is ghost, right? Yes. I almost did the wrong category for today. <laughs> almost did. And then there was part of me that was going to try and pass off, like, that's a, a thousand other things as another. I was like, that's just a crime. Like, <laughs> it was funny. How have you been since the last episode was recorded? Great. I have candy now. You have a baby bottle pop. And I can't open it. What do you, isn't that like a screw? Yeah, but it. Is it really just not open? I can smell it. You can probably smell the sugar that's open. Oh, the sugar <laughs> that is open right next to me. Duh. Why is it cool for me? Oh, nice. Got it. I will now be silent. You will never hear the baby bottle pop again. <laughs> well, go ahead. Get your dip and your shake in. Baby bottle pop. Baby bottle pop. Pop powder and candy crunch. All together at once. Hmm? Anyway. We're gonna get copyright striked. <laughs> it's like a ba- baby bottle pop. I haven't had one of these in a decade. I believe it. I don't remember the last time I had a baby bottle pop. So what are you... Okay, so since we've <laughs> already talked about the, like, the last... We've already recapped since we just recorded... What are your plans for, like, after you leave here this coming week? Let's get some convo in. I think I said it before we started recording, so I had to get an oil change today. That sucks. In my car. Um, I was supposed to do it months ago. I just <laughs> haven't. Um, we were hit by a hurricane. It's fine. Yeah. Since before then. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give you a way out. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, I don't really understand. <laughs> but I'm going to do it today. It's getting done today. Um, and then, I don't know, this week we have fall break at the end of it. Not you Y'all guys. are going to Texas though, right? Yes. Yeah, our fall break got canceled. That's sad. Because we missed three weeks of school. Yeah, we did. We missed it, but our school is still going. Right, because y'all just got So COVID. we're just trying to catch up. And, and no, but they opened the, the Tuesday after the hurricane hit on Sunday. Yep. We had off Monday. School started again on Tuesday. But it <laughs> took us a week to get back. Yeah. And so we missed that week. And then we caught COVID from evacuating. Um, See, meanwhile, my school was like, yeah, no. They just closed. And now you have to make up the weeks. And that sucks ass. It, our makeup week situation is giving me a headache. Because, like... I understand why they structured it the way they did because the theory is that you won't be making up assignments for every class all at once. 
Like they're breaking it up so that only certain weeks you'll have double the course load for one course. The problem is my, my makeup weeks overlap <laughs> a lot. So like there are um, a lot of the weeks where I have two makeup weeks at the same time. So I essentially have eight classes mm-hmm. and it's a nightmare. It's a 24-hour semester. It's... That's rough. Yeah, I'm struggling. But they tried to fix a problem, and it just still was a problem. No, yeah. Because it's still doubling up. Because it's still doubling up. But I guess it's okay because I don't have 12 classes at the same time. Yeah. Because it could be double for every. But I don't know. And I'm also just, like, not... Like, this semester I took four math classes. Mm -hmm. I think I've told you that. Like, I took four math classes, and two of them, like... I'm taking accounting, a higher level accounting class, and a higher level finance class, and both of those had a prerequisite course of, like, a basic accounting class, but my professor genuinely, like, did not care. Like, she was only teaching because she needed to to get a doctorate, Um. and not because she actually wanted to, so a lot of her material was, like, read the textbook, figure it out, and now I'm struggling in those classes because Mm -hmm. I don't have like the baseline knowledge I'm getting there though my finance professor is a goddess so her class sucks balls but she is so nice (laughs) and she's such a she's a good teacher yeah yeah the ones that are like bad teachers and mean yeah what and the materials hard yeah you're a bad teacher teaching hard material and you're rude whoa I thought we Pick couldn't have all three. Pick a struggle. Pick a struggle. But no, my finance professor is so nice. And she's a genuinely good teacher. So, like, I'm learning a lot of the basics now that I should have known, but I'm learning them well. It's just, like, I think I told you that, like, we worked a we worked a problem in class that required us to make um, a balance sheet and an income statement. And um, from those, you had to take different numbers to, to fill out the, the sheets and then from those you had to you had to calculate using different formulas to get different numbers all to plug into like a master formula mm-hmm. um, to get an answer. It took the entire class period to work. Genuinely. It's just the one problem. And that was number three on my uh, quiz. Um, it was five questions. Uh, that was number three and I had 30 minutes to do it. Ew. 30 minutes to do the whole quiz. Not a single person in our class finished it. Except for one guy who went on to the group me like 10 minutes before it was due and was like, yeah, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> and we found out later it was because we were solving it how we were taught in class and he just plugged all of his numbers into an Excel spreadsheet. It's like, uh, no shit, it's easier for you because you didn't do it the way we were supposed to. Asshole. <laughs> <sighs> but, yeah. Yeah. It's funny when people are like, that was easy. It's like, you, you cheated. You you did cheat, so, like... <laughs> I mean, we weren't told not to make an Excel spreadsheet, but, like, we were taught how to do it in class, and, like, by default, you would think that we would transfer that information to solving for the quiz. Yeah. Who in their right mind would be like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an Excel spreadsheet. This guy, apparently. <laughs> but everybody else, as soon, dude, as soon as he said it wasn't that hard, everybody jumped on him like fucking sharks. And they were like, um, no, it was. <laughs> what are you talking about? And then he was, Incorrect. And then he hit us with the, I made an Excel spreadsheet. And it was, well, duh. Like, And you didn't share? And there was no physical way. He did it 30 minutes before it was due. There was no physical way to do that problem by hand. 
fuck you, asshole. Anyway, read the room. <laughs> read. You see non like twenty messages from all these different people who are like, yeah, I'm gonna email her. I'm gonna talk to her in class on Tuesday. Like we're we're gonna have a conversation about it. And he's read the room. Not the time to share. Not the time to share that you didn't struggle. I didn't ask. It was like, it's like when you failed a test and then that, the, the one person comes in and it's like, man, that test was so hard. I made it in 92. Ex- read, read the room. If you I'm- were the curve buster and you're about to get the shit beat out of you in the <laughs> parking lot. Like, <laughs> yeah, that one, you should read the room for your own safety because the curve busters in our class is genuine. It was, it was like wild dogs. <laughs> like, if you came in and we're all like before class starts and we're all having a conversation that's like, yeah, I got a 60. Like, where was the curve? Like, yada, yada, yada. And you come in with the, I got a 90. You're not going to be, you're not going to show up to the next class. <laughs> At this, like some of these people are ruthless and you will be taken out so that we get a curve next time. You did it to yourself, bud. <laughs> On out yourself. Do not. If you are one of the curve busters and you listen to this podcast, do not advertise it. That's not something to be proud of. Be be the curve buster. I'm all for making good grades. Right, I was about to say. Do not share. Make the good grades. Do not talk about it. You will get hurt. And it's like that weird thing of like, you do kind of deserve it. Anyway, <laughs> I was never the curve buster. I got a 22 on my chem final. <laughs> But the curve buster in my chem class, who did he get shit on? He got that poor kid. (laughs) And he just didn't stop either. Like, he got harassed the first time and then just kept going. Like, kept bragging? Yeah. Like, next test would come and he'd be like, yeah, I got a, I got a, like, 94 or something. And we'd be like, oh, did you? Did you get a 94? (laughs) You want to be locked in the fucking supply closet? (laughs) <laughs> like, I'd suggest you shut the fuck up, Kristoff. Just name drop. <laughs> I did just name drop that kid. I'm still a little bitter. <laughs> but like, you want to be locked in the supply closet? There's nothing but chemicals in there, bud. Have fun. It's a biohazard. Man, that class really sends me back. So how do you think your week is going? This week? No, I mean, like, the the week upcoming. Oh. Hmm. I feel like it's okay, because it's it's a three-day school week. Oh, yeah, because you guys do have a break. We still get our break. And y'all so, are going to Texas, right? Yeah. Yep. break. And I didn't do too much school this past week. Mm-hmm. So it's home. Uh... We were here last weekend and got, when Adam got appendicitis. Right. And we got stuck here until, like, Thursday. Right. And so, I did Zoom class and then made up some of the the missed classes. Uh, But I wasn't at school doing work. So, it's a short week to get back in the groove of school. That'll be nice for you. So, I think it's going to be fine. Just because. A little catch up. I had time, like, I could watch a lot of the missed classes that I missed from the hurricane and covid during this past week, when I was also doing Zoom for 
the current classes. This semester really is beating you. It's been interesting. I've had to email my teacher so many times, like, guess what? Uh, round three. Of- <laughs> Appendicitis. <laughs> Did you have that on your bingo card? <laughs> because I didn't. I did not see that one coming. Dude. The 2020 bingo cards, or 2021 bingo cards, really do be getting me joked. Because it just gets weirder. Kim Kardashian wears a morph suit to the Met Gala. Same, though. Did you have that on your bingo card? Because I didn't. Mm-mm. You ready to jump in? We can start. We can Like, we're in a lull. Yeah. It's a good slide-in period. Okay, okay. Um, let me just start by saying, if you don't guess this, I'm gonna be so fucking disappointed in you. Better give good hints, then. I know you- you did kind of get Bloody Mary last episode, but, like, wow. This one, your only hint. One hint. One of the most famous creepypastas of all time, second only to Slenderman. A a creepypasta. A creepypasta. Most famous. Now, what do you, like- Internet-wise or, like, Everywhere. outside media-wise? Outside media-wise. What is it called? But I'm trying to... There was a movie made about it. Oh, let me think before I say something dumb, though. Hmm. Creepypasta. I thought you said cryptid at first and it was, like, Chubacabra. <laughs> Bigfoot. I was, like, going there. And then you Nessie. hit me with Slenderman. And I was, like, I'm in the wrong category. And then I... I I fixed fixed my word. It is a creepypasta originated on the internet, horror story, but it has gotten so famous and widespread that it has dipped into mainstream media. Dipped are like Slenderman, like movies, kind of. It hasn't reached the point where we've gotten like a shit ton of media about it. Okay. Um, But it is... It's pretty fucking famous. I keep wanting to guess my favorite ones, and I know they're not going to be it. What's your favorite? I don't know if I have a, a specific favorite, but I know, like, big ones on the internet are been drowned. Yeah. Um, others, no. Eyeless <laughs> <laughs> like Jack. Eyeless Jack. Jeff the, the like, Killer. It's none of those. I can tell you. Like, um... Okay, what else could it... It's... It has a, um, another hint. It has an entire Wikipedia dedicated just to it. Because there's so many little pieces. And little nooks and pieces. crannies. I really want you to guess it. I really, I really don't want to tell you. Because you know what this is. Uh, we talked about it, like, I want to say, like, two months ago. Two months ago. On the podcast? No. Here. Just us. Like, shooting the shit candle cove yep yes yes <laughs> i watched you have an epiphany was that what got you was that the hint because i was thinking i was thinking characters and candle cove is such a big thing so mm-hmm. what you said it's got it has a lot of that's what yeah we're doing i'm doing candle cove um the 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 thing that's gotten it more media attention now i think i told you that there's a a sci-fi Yes. series it's an anthology kind of like american horror story and the first season is based off of candle cove so like if you google like before if you had googled candle cove you would have found like the the creepypasta wikis and all that stuff mm-hmm. now you google candle cove and you just find a slew of news articles about this sci-fi show okay um because it's apparently really good oh that's cool yeah 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 so once again i'm gonna explain what a creepypasta is 
because I know that some of our, our listeners didn't grow up with them like we did. A creepypasta is a horror story that is fiction that originates from the internet and has sort of a folkloric quality about it where it's presented, usually presented as fact or as like someone's personal stories, um, but they are fiction. So some of the most famous ones, like I mentioned earlier, like Emily talked about Slenderman um, in episode 10 very briefly during the Slenderman stabbings episode, but Slenderman is the biggest one because he made the jump from creepypasta to like mainstream horror figure. Mm-hmm. Um, like right up there with Pennywise and Freddy Krueger. The be- the games got really big. The, yeah, the and games. Kind of was the bridge between everything. Right. Um before that though like Slenderman uh, we're gonna keep using him because he's a great example was he originated on the internet he was born through an internet photo contest and from there became sort of folkloric in the sense that he he was a character who was free reign and everyone used him to make these terrible spooky little stories that they would tell on like reddit mm-hmm. um creepypasta is a category Within Creepypasta, there are, like, no sleeps and SCPs. There are different categories of Creepypasta. But to be a Creepypasta, you just originate from the internet. Okay? Um, Candle Cove is a big one. A great one. A great one. Highly suggest you read it. Um, I think I'm actually going to do a reading of it and insert it at the end of the episode. So, like, after the, the end music and stuff plays, I'm going to read out the actual creepypasta. Stick for that. It's worth it. Right. It's good. It's short. Uh-huh. A lot of the readings of it are about ten minutes long. Um, oh, speaking of, for the first time in decades, I got to go back to the Mr. Creepypasta channel. Yes. And I listened to that reading of Candle Cove and was sent back in time, dude. I love Mr. Creepypasta. Oh my god. Um, if you don't like reading stuff, listen to Mr. Creepypasta. His voice is so pleasing. Yes. he's a, It's great. All the videos are good. He's a fantastic reader. Yes. Does them all justice. I have no clue if he's like ever gotten in trouble. I don't either. I know I don't Cryotic think- did, but... Rip in peace. Rip in peace cry. No. <laughs> he did bad things. No, he did terrible, terrible things, and I will not support him anymore. No, I will not. And he did not care that he did bad things. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> I listened to it, and, like, I swear to God, it was like I was in middle school again. Because that, this story so specifically travels with me, like, as I grow up you know Mm -hmm. it's one you just remember it's one you just remember i've read so many and i couldn't even tell you the title now yeah i could read it again be like oh yeah i read this but that it's it's those that just like you don't forget them that um but this this creepypasta is also different in the sense that the author is not anonymous we know who wrote it Mm -hmm. it's a man named chris straub he wrote it in 2009 um and he is a web cartoonist and author and he had, like, a website set up um, because, I don't know if you knew this, but Candle Cove is part of a universe. Hmm. Yeah. And it was his universe. It's called Icker Falls. And there's all of these different stories that take place in this in Icker Falls, and Candle Cove is one of them. Um, so the story is fiction. Um, and the... 
Okay. So there was an article that was published in The Onion, which, you know, is a it's a satirical news site. It's not real. Mm-hmm. But it was called, Area 36-Year-Old Still Has Occasional Lidsville Nightmare. I meant to read it, completely forgot. <laughs> um, but Chris Straub reads this story in The Onion and is then inspired to write Candle Cove. Um, he writes Candle Cove, he puts it on his website, and the, it gets pretty fucking popular, like, pretty fast. Just because of the nature, like, it's mm-hmm. short, it's sweet, it's a complete thought, and it's scary. Uh-huh. Um, and it also, it has an element to it that pretty much everyone has experience with, which is trying to remember your something from your childhood, and then realizing that it was a lot worse than you thought it was. Yeah. Um... So, it's different from other creepypastas, which probably sets it apart. Um, It was also, like I said, it was adapted for the first season of the sci-fi anthology series called Channel Zero. Um, And additionally, there was a spin-off YouTube series called Local 58, which centers around um, some of the other strange broadcasts from the channel that Candle Cove aired on. So... Fans read this story on Icker Falls and ripped it immediately. It was being posted on, like, subreddits, like Reddit and mm-hmm. other forum sites, um, which it spread like wildfire, mm-hmm. essentially. It gained a shit ton of popularity very fast, and Candle Cove, quote, is only rivaled by Slenderman himself because Candle Cove is right up there. It has inspired hundreds, if not thousands, of spinoffs, mm-hmm. um retellings people who will write that they remember specific episodes or like things like that because it's such a broad cat it's a category of story in and of itself almost um today there's a full wikipedia dedicated to characters mythologies and episodes largely made by fans and chris straub says that he it was the quote was very funny um i should have written it down but he said that he he didn't care that people were writing because it, it would just make him an asshole, and people are just going to keep writing anyway. Yeah. Like, he would just be the asshole creator instead of the one encouraging it. Yeah. He only cares if people are monetizing it. So he fully encourages creative freedom um, when it comes to Candle Cove. And there's also an in-depth exploration of, um, it's a book called The Knickerbocker's Tale. It was uh, published in 1767, and it's also alleged inspiration for the made-up show. If that makes sense. So, there's also, like, a ton of fan-made videos acting as, like, alleged footage of the show. And some of it's fucking scary. Yes. So, I'm going to be posting some of them in our our Google Drive, accessible through our Discord and our Instagram bio. The clips are fucking scary. Okay? They're just weird. And I watched a bunch of them and was... No. So, now that all the background is out of the way... For the rest of the episode, I'm going to be talking about Candle Cove as if it is fact. Okay. I'm going to be referring to it as if it is real. If that is confusing to anybody, here's your disclaimer. It is all fiction, but it's just easier to present it this way without having to do the thousands of disclaimers in between. Yes. It's all fiction. Everything I'm about to say is completely fiction. I'm presenting it as if it isn't. No part of it is real. Okay. Or so you think. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Okay, so the original story 
is told via a forum called Net Nostalgia Forums. Um, it's a, a group of users um, who begin talking about uh, an unusual low-budget children's show that they remember called Candle Cove. So it aired on Channel 58 at a really weird time, like 4 p.m. or something, and through talking about it on this forum, they start to remember pieces of the plot. And I'm being kind of vague because I am going to do a reading of it at the end. Um, the show centered around a girl named Janice who imagines herself to be friends with pirates. And all of the pirates are played by string marionettes, which makes it worse. Mm -hmm. Think Mr. Rogers, but low budget. Um, and at first it's reminiscing, like, it, like they're reminiscing about it um, because, you know, it, it was a fun low budget TV show that they watched as children. Mainly they're recollect like recollecting names of like the main characters and like they struggle to remember Janet Janice's name for a beginning for a bit. They call her Janet at a point, but they, they eventually remember. They start talking about um one of the main characters' name is uh Pirate Percy. Like someone thought he was the main character, but no no no, it's Janice. Uh Pirate Percy was a bad pirate, was like the whole thing. Oh. Um he was a he was a coward. Um and then through each other they remember some weirder shit um a collection of weird shit if you will like the fact that the boat had a mouth um that looked like it was swallowing the sea at all times um the fact that percy's head the puppet's head was a porcelain doll with a crack in the eye and his uh the rest of his body was made up of like scraps um and then they remember the villain the fucking skin taker. Yes. I was waiting for that. <laughs> um, he was a skeleton pirate who wore clothes of children's skin. They also start to remember, one of the kids, he starts it off by saying like, oh, I, I think I had a nightmare about about the skin taker once. And it was like, it, it was like all of the, the puppets were like screaming or something and Janet was crying. And somebody else was like, no, that was an episode. Ugh. What, and he was like, no, that, there's no way they let that air on TV. And it was like, no, but it, it did. Because I remember it. Because I also remember it. So either we had the same nightmare or they aired a full episode that was just puppets screaming and Janet crying. Janice, not Janet. <laughs> um, and then uh, they remember... Whoa. Whatever. Okay, so it develops that there are no external records of the show, period. No one else remembers this except for, like, kids who watched it in the area at the time, and there's no records of it. And then the story closes with a user um, coming back on and said that he had recently asked his mom if she remembered the show. Um, and she responded that every time Candle Cove came on, the TV screen was only static. And she thought that her kid just had a, a wild imagination. <laughs> so Candle Cove never aired. Yeah. Or did, but only certain people could see it or something like that. So now, I have so much fun stuff to talk to you about <laughs> this show. Um, so the first being, where I'm going to go through like the characters loosely. Because I, I go into just talking about like some of the episodes later. So I'm going to introduce our cast of characters very vaguely, 
and then I'm going to talk about a little bit about the production and then I'm going to be talking about some of the the notable episodes um, that get fucking weird. Okay, so our first, um, our main character, her name is Janice. Uh, she is played by a, a girl named Louise Cunningham, but um, Louise is actually only in it for the first episode. She, her parents wanted more money for her to be in the show, and so she backs out and is replaced by a different little girl. I, I should have written her name down. Um, it's like Eddie, or Charlotte. No, nope, Charlotte's the other one. <laughs> Regardless, she's played by a different little girl. Um, and then there's, I scrolled all the way to the bottom trying to remember the name of the kid, and I didn't even remember it. <laughs> So then, uh, Pirate Percy is the other, like, quote-unquote main character. Um, if Janice is the main character, he's in second place. Sidekick. Yeah, in the forums, um, they thought he was the main character at first, before they remembered that Janet was in it. Janice. Um, he's a marionette with the head of a porcelain baby doll that has a crack in the left eye, and his body is made out of ragged and lost pieces. And he is a coward. That's his whole thing, is he's super cowardice. Um... The ship, the ship's name is Mrs. Laughingstock. Um, it is a boat that can talk. It has a face with mouth, nose, and eyes. The mouth is open with the bottom half being submerged so it looks like the boat is constantly swallowing the sea as they sail. Um, it can talk. And most famously, its catchphrase happens when Percy is afraid of going into like a cave or like doing something adventurous. The boat like bellows um and it's yelling uh, what it it is it's very like i'm using the word bellow because it was like very echoey and growly um but it says you must go inside every episode it's like the arc point of the episode um then there's poppy he's the first mate of the ship he's very much captain archetype um even though he's the first mate but he's very stereotypical Um, He is also the most lifelike of the puppets. There's Milo. He's Poppy's brother. Um, Milo is a captain of a different ship. He's a tyrant. Um, He thinks he has the best fleet on the sea. um, He's considered a a minor antagonist because he constantly is fighting with Percy. Um, And he's trying to get get at him, but all of his plans fail. And uh, he has a dragon named Danny. Um, the voice actor playing him actually died while the show was filming. Yeah. Uh Um, his hair color is also a point of debate, as most children see it as their own. That's just a cool fact. Yeah. Um, in, in the episode Milo, season two, episode two, he actually joins the crew of the Laughing Stock, which is another thing. Horace Horrible is the captain of another rival pirate gang, Um, He was originally the main villain of the show in, like, the original rights. Um, He does have all of his limbs, um, and he has a huge black handlebar mustache with tall, narrow teeth. I remember. And he has a monocle on on his uh, right eye, and originally children interpreted this as he only had one eye. Oh. So it's unclear, like, if he does or if he doesn't, because we never see the other eye. So he might have one eye. (laughs) Um then there is you know the skin taker um he's a skeleton marionette he is an inhabitant of the abysmal kingdom um 
and he is known to roam around like candle lit caves and seashores. He is a skeleton with glass eyes that are too big for the sockets and he also wears a top hat and cape made of his victim's skin. And most notably, he has a jaw that can only go side to side, not up and down. And he mentions that his jaw moves this way to grind skin. In a children's show. And then there is the man bear pig. (laughs) Why did you you open your mouth and then close it? Man bear pig. Mm-hmm. Man bear pig. The cr- the pig. It's so funny to say out loud, but like the pictures of him are scary. Yeah. Um, it's a creature that appears in the background of various episodes. Um, Janice actually calls him Bigfoot, and the rest of the class calls him Gorger, um, or Hungry. And the name Man Bear Pig was actually given to him by fans who ripped it from a South Park episode. Oh. So nothing is known about him except that he wears a bear hat, a pig mask, and normal human clothes. It's believed he's played by a regular human. Um, he only has one true appearance in the last episode and a brief cameo in the first in the pilot where you can see him, like, peeking around the set. Mm. And then um, he's spotted... His spottings, though, are milliseconds in between scenes and it's believed there's some sort of subliminal message um the photo of him though the big photo of him that i'm gonna put in our google drive available through our discord and instagram bio um you can see horace horrible's hook behind him as well as janice's dress from the first episode on a clothesline huh creepy okay So now I'm also going to talk a little bit about the Candle Cove curse, also known as the Curse of Candle Cove, CCC. (laughs) Um, Fans and former crew members kind of use this as like a catch-all for the fact that a lot of crew members who worked on the show has had very terrible ends. Um, And often they're closely linked to like key events in the show. So here are a few. Alex Baxter or Alice Baxter played Sarah, who is Milo's lover. I talk about her later. Couldn't find work after the show at all. Um, but this also could just be because like she had Candle Cove on her resume. Mm-hmm. Um, Cora Alexander voices Mrs. Skintaker <laughs> and Lillian, and she died in a car accident after the cartoon version of the show was rejected. Um. Elmer Grant voices Shot, a character who was burned to death, and his house caught on fire. And he was burned to death. Um, Gary McKimmon, he wrote the pilot episode, and he di- he disappeared the night after the pilot aired. <laughs> Just disappeared. No one knows where this man is. Gone. Jeremy LeBerg is the associate producer. He fell and cracked his skull open one year after the show ended. And a bunch of the people who were with him said it looked like he was pushed. Uh, he, all, he was also, like, really superstitious. He believed the puppets were haunted. And I didn't, I didn't write it down, but one of the people who was with him and is one of the people who says, oh, it looks like he was pushed, was paralyzed from the waist down through some sick accident after. Ugh. Um... Mark Jensen, he is Milo's voice actor. I mentioned it earlier. He died midway recording the episode The Death of Milo. <laughs> um, and specifically, he died, get this, 
halfway through recording the death screams. Of what? Milo. No, uh, died oh, of what? No fucking clue. <laughs> no clue. I assume it'd have to be like a heart attack or yeah, something. Yeah, if he's in the studio recording. But it, it said called a cause of death unknown. Huh. A lot of the crew members also testified to like seeing the puppets move and shit. Mm-mm. like on their own and uh there was a quote that was like often the puppets would do the opposite of what you wanted them to <laughs> anyway so this one's the big one though um michael colin he played the skin taker and later he said it was the dumbest decision he ever made in his life <laughs> because the skin taker like followed him essentially um he considered quitting a lot throughout and when he screamed during the last episode, his throat began to bleed and he nearly choked on his own blood. Um, his voice never recovered. And then his son, Trevor, was murdered a few years after the show finished. His wife left him soon after. And just eight days, uh, there's an interview happens, it's called Candle Cove Exper- The Candle Cove Experience, Tales of the Laughing Stock. It was an interview with a bunch of the cast. Eight days after that, he committed suicide. And he shot himself in the head. He left a note. And a key point of the note is that um, he says that the skin taker came to him and told him that his son had a special place. And his son's face was on the upper right of the skin taker's hat. Oh. Yeah. He said that the nightmares, like, haunted him. Like, for the rest of his life. Often it would be dreams, like, that he was skinned or something, but, like, this one was the big one because, like, the face was, like, screaming and crying. Like, it was a whole thing. Um. Terrifying. There's another notable person, though. His name is Robert, Roger G. Bullard. He was a crew member who designed some of the sets. Notably, he designed Tartar Prison and the Glittering Islands. Um, he quit because he said the actors were in a trance. Uh, um. The quote is, quote, they never actually read off of a script. Those pages were blank, but somehow they saw words. I tried to tell them, but they thought I was crazy. It's like the puppets possessed them. It scared me, and you would have been scared too. I'd never let my kids watch that show. It's raining outside now, and I'm wondering if you can hear that, but it might <laughs> add some ambiance. I feel like it's okay. Is any of this coming back to you yet? Yeah, no. Some of these, like, <laughs> hidden notes, I was like, I remember reading that and having to put my, I was reading on a Nook tablet. Uh-huh. Having to, like, put it under the pillow and go to bed and be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it truly is, like, a, a universe. Yeah, I remember, like, you start reading off some of the stuff that happened to the people, and I remember yeah. reading that. Absolutely. But now we're going to get into the part that we all really want to hear about, which is the episodes. Episodes. The episodes. Episodes. So the pilot episode is called Welcome to Our Happy Ship, and it kind of sets the tone, the baseline for the whole show. The story begins, uh, Janice and her sister Melrose are out in their backyard. Um, Janice is crying while Melrose is shouting at her, and it's like some nasty shit, um, namely that their dad blames Janice for their mom's death. It's, oh. Yeah, no, it's, like, fucked up right off the bat. Um, and Janice is just, like, covering her hand, like, her, covering her ears with her hands and, like, crying. And uh, she begs Melrose to stop. <laughs> um, eventually she does. Melrose storms inside, calls Janice a baby, and tells her not to come inside because their dad never wants to see her again. Oh. 
And there are pictures from this episode. But um, Janice goes into a doghouse, presumably to find shelter, and she finds a shoelace. And when she goes to pick it up, the ground turns to water, and she's in the ocean. <laughs> Just in the ocean. Fun. She almost drowns. <laughs> she's, like, treading water. Um, and then the ship, Mrs. Laughingstock, appears in front of her. And the ship tells her, don't be frightened. And uh, she is pulled onto the boat by Pirate Percy, <laughs> who immediately says, don't kill me. I've been good to you. <laughs> Laying out the ground rules. You can be on the boat. One condition. <laughs> no murder. And, you know, Janice is confused. But um, Poppy, Poppy shows up and tells, um, oh, Percy is also crying. <laughs> You saved her. <laughs> he tells he tells her um, he tells Janice not to worry. He tells Pirate Percy to stop fucking crying, and um, he he says that he's happy to see her. Um, he explains who he is, who the Laughing Stock is, the greatest pirate ship in the world. Like Poppy is the captain. Yeah. Um, and suddenly, an an opposing pirate ship, the Rubber Fishes appear on the horizon, led by Horace Horrible. And she's scared. Percy faints. Percy just collapses. Um, and Janice is just, like, really scared of what's happening. And um, she says she wants to go home. And then Poppy hits her with the, this is your home now, lassie. <laughs> and the rubber fishes appear. Horace Horrible introduces himself as the greatest pirate sorcerer and vain villain in the world. Because he's also a sorcerer. Um, <laughs> Sprinkle that title. <laughs> he tells Poppy to hand over the money and the girl, and he may let them live. <laughs> and Poppy exclaims that he would never let them take Janice away. Janice refuses to fight. But the laughing stock tells her she must overcome her fears. And then she hears this, like, voice in her head that is her sister calling her a baby and gets, like, a murderous look on her face <laughs> and fires a fucking cannonball and sinks the other ship. Good for her. Yeah. The, Jan the end episode ends with Janice saying she might learn to enjoy herself and her life on the laughingstock. Um, the pilot closes with a live segment that is the little girl who plays Janice in her little her little white dress um, greeting the audience. Because it's the pilot episode. Thoughts. Okay, I'm so... I'm just going to start checking in. <laughs> I really like the, the overall vibe we've got going. I don't at all, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get too scary right off the bat, but there's just, like, weird elements notes. that you're like, that's a lot for a kid's show. Mm -hmm. Notably the, like... You caused our mother's death. <laughs> it's a weird one to come out the gate swinging with. Um, you killed mom. <laughs> uh, so then we're going to hit you with the, um, it's called Getting Under My Skin. Is this still season one? Season one, episode two. Okay. So the first few, um, I explain why later, but a lot of season two is missing. Oh. Um, so we have pretty much all of season one. The beginning of season two and the end, but there's a lot in the middle. I think it's like six episodes that are missing. Um, but this, I for the I, I have them mostly in chronological order. 
Okay. So this is episode two of season one. Um, the episode begins by introducing, first of all, um, what we begin to know as the pirate's code of honor, which is that you're not allowed to steal another pirate's hard-earned treasure. And Mrs. Laughingstock, every episode sort of begins where she gives them, like, the mission for the day. And she tells them that the rubber fishes are trying to steal another pirate's treasure and that this crew is the only one who can stop them. Because they're breaking the code. So then it shows Percy, right? And he looks even more scared than usual. Like, the puppet is, like, actually shaking. um, And I think crying. And... When Janice is asking, like, what's wrong, he just screams. Oh. Um, um, and faints. <laughs> and then Poppy comes over and has to explain that there was a green flash on the horizon, signaling that someone was casting a very powerful summoning spell. And Percy is afraid that the skin taker might be back. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then Percy takes this time to say, he's been here before and he'll be back again. Oh, this is Horace's doing. I swear on me mother's own grave. We must protect Janice. And Janice is, doesn't understand. She's like, why am I in danger? What the fuck? <laughs> you have um, skin. <laughs> because she has skin. Um, and then Poppy kind of steps in and is like, no, 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 don't worry. Like, well, he, he literally says he would die before he let that wicked no-gooder lay a finger on her um she's nervous but she does go on the mission um i think i forgot to mention that they have a sea dog named sea dog wonderful okay favorite character um and everybody kind of ex- insists that the skin taker doesn't exist um or no sea dog sea ex- dog kind of insists that the skin taker doesn't exist which everybody on the crew disagrees with and janice is just kind of confused but uh, sea dog kind of says you're chasing an old wives tale like he's not real like yada 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 um eventually they they reach a through the course of the episode <laughs> they reach a cave and they can hear a creepy voice inside singing a cheery tune um the skin taker is notorious for skinning for skinning singing also skinning <laughs> Um, and there, I believe there are clips of, like, the songs on YouTube. That's so good. I didn't want to listen to them, so I didn't. We're gonna. No. (laughs) Anyway. So, it's followed by, like, a chilling laugh is the word that's used. And, um, Percy says he wouldn't go in there for all the world. And this is when Miss Laughingstock chimes in with the, You must go inside! And, uh, so he does. Janice follows. And then inside, they see the skin taker. And then Horace the Horrible is trying to run away with the treasure. Um, Poppy tells them to stop. And the skin, uh, and Horace hits them with the, You think he can defeat me with the master at me side? Fool! (laughs) Um, and then the skin taker faces them as Horace runs away. Oh. Ah, what a lovely young lass with lovely young skin. (laughs) And then in the most famous moment of Candle Cove history, Janice, um, whoa, whoa, (laughs) I just like blanked. Janice asks him why his mouth moves like that. 
and he hits you with the to grind your skin <laughs> um janice screams poppy attacks them like it's a whole thing but the the skin taker eventually runs away like all right so the the fight is like gory is the weird part like it's a it's a gruesome fight between the puppets and the skin taker and it ends with him running away and carrying the other limbs from the puppets and like limbs in general oh um possibly to use on his cape was in parentheses <laughs> um so it's like it, it, the camera like jan the episode ends with just janice crying Ugh. because it's she's scared and i mean he just said he wanted her fucking skin and then it hits you with and the, ran away with limbs that and then it hits you with the to be continued <laughs> when i don't fucking know like but <laughs> Um, then, so, okay, I also have some more episodes towards the bottom, I just wanted to cover, like, the, the first episode, the introduction of the skin taker, and then two of the most awful ones. Go for it. And then after that, like, after we talk a little bit more, I do have, like, two more episodes written out that we can talk about if you want. Sure. So first, I'm gonna introduce the concept of a Sebta episode, right? So the Sebta episodes are the second half of season two that we don't have. The only people who could see these episodes were the children who watched them. And it's believed that there was some weird technology involved um, so that only certain children could see it. And notably, like, it hurts them to try to remember the Sebta episodes. Um, Sebta is also S-E-B-T-A-W. I don't know what it stands for. But... Anyway, um, one of these that we do have some information on is called A Drastic Team-Up. It's a Sebtal exclusive. In this episode, Milo gets so fed up with Percy after losing a race that he's willing to do anything he can to kill him. Uh, So he teams up with the skin taker. Oh. And... To prove his loyalty, he kills five stranded pirates and skins them on screen so that the skin taker can use them for his coat. But the skin taker knew that these were old members of Milo's crew that Milo did not like or care about. Um, So he asks Milo to kill Sarah. And he doesn't know if he can do it at first but he decides that it's worth it to beat Percy. So he does. Ah. And the episode ends with, like, the skin taker, like, congratulating him on, like, their partnership and all this stuff, and Milo just kind of saddened by what he did, just kind of, like, silently walks away. Ah. In, like, shame. There's a skinning scene. I don't like that. And then... there's the episode the death of milo um this scene is one of the darker of the show if not the darkest um it's the seventh episode of season two in this episode is it septal no no okay no um in this episode the skin taker kills milo um so he says he's outlived his usefulness and he can no longer help um so he kills him and in the death scene 
Um, the skin taker grabs a sword and turns to the camera and yells, don't try this at home, kids. And then he pushes the camera out of the way and it swings to show their shadows. And Milo gets decapitated. Ugh. Um, and then it goes to black. Like, that's just the episode ending. And then there's an after credit scene where the skin taker is sewing new gloves. Presumably made of Milo. And, and bad. Um, supposedly if you turn up the volume, you can hear Horace Horrible laughing. And there's also an urban legend that this episode specifically, like, really traumatized a lot of kids. Probably because um, Milo acted sort of as a... Like, kids saw, like, their own hair color on him. Like, he, yeah. he was kind of a, a self-insert in a weird way. Um, there was one case that I, I didn't write it down, but there was a kid who said that Milo looked like him so much and had to go to therapy, like, after this episode. And then there's the very famous screaming episode. <laughs> Season 2, episode 12, the final episode of Candle Cove. There's only one known video of this episode. And all it's all of the main characters screaming while Janice cries. For the whole episode. Terrifying. Why? Ah! How we doing? How we doing? Let's check in. Check in. Okay. This is, this is pretty intense. The fact that some parents were like, my kid has a wonderful imagination, as they sat at the dinner table with kids, like, today on Candle Cove, you know, the static on the TV, they killed the character that I thought I was. Anyway, <laughs> I'll watch next week. They also skinned him and made him into gloves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nobody saw any problem with that. <laughs> so, um, in 2014, there was a set of umatic videotapes that were found um, in a barn in Connecticut. And they had f- some episodes from the first and second seasons on them. So they were damaged from years of poor storage and dirt. Um, and the episodes in particular were Getting Under My Skin, The New Ship, The Treasure is Lost, The Ship on the Horizon, Milo, The Clip Show, and The Skin Taker's Day Off. Which I have listed at the very bottom because it's so funny. Um, So most of the original tapes for Candle Cove went missing during the 70s. And a lot of them, a lot of people believe they were all destroyed because of whatever Sebta technology was being involved. Um, And then this, so before this, there had been a discovery of one 16 millimeter film print of an episode of the episode Percy Plays Piano. And um, this was likely to, like, sell to broadcasters. So that was what we had. And then in 2014, the tapes are discovered. Um, and people have been looking for these since 20, 2004. Like, as soon as the internet rose and people started talking about it and, like, remembering it, everyone was hunting for these fucking tapes. And then the episodes uh, were restored. Um, and they were released in March of 2017 on a box set called The Best of Candle Cove. But just these the episodes that I listed. Mm-hmm. So not the death of Milo. Dang. Or um, some of the other gory ones. In 2016, a DVD copy of the first season was found in stock at a Big Lots in Cleveland. <laughs> Why Big Lots? 
It was a lot different, though. Less gruesome, less gory, high production value, oh. a completely different cast and crew. Um, it was first assumed to be some sort of bootleg, but there was this journalist who got, like, really latched onto it um, and tracked down the girl in the DVD who played Janet or Janice, um, her name was Charlotte Jenkins, and she says that they, no, that, that's not a bootleg, like, we recorded that, um, she said that they recorded all the way up to, like, episode eight, um, and, like, there had been some weird stuff happening, like, things falling over, and yada, 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 but nothing too crazy, um, but about halfway through, stuff got weird, Uh, a director was found decapitated in his house, that's not just weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of the tapes, scripts, and puppets had disappeared. Bye. Oh, someone stole them to make I the... I don't know. Re- the, the other show. Um. So this this other person, Line Huntington, was hired... So the, the, the director was killed, not the producer. The producer's name was Tom. And he hired a new director um, to, like, reshoot the pilot. Um, to try and get, you know, some of his money back. And... The new pilot was called Welcome to Our Happy Ship. Um, The producer wasn't happy. He was ready to cancel the series until Emerson Grimes um, showed up and offered a shit ton of money in exchange for complete creative control. And that's how we got the the version we know today. Um, Also, this would explain why episode one, like the pilot, is not as weird. Because it it was written by line. Not Grimes. Not Grimes. Um, It's still kind of weird, you know, the dad blames you for mom's death. It's a lot. Really was. I mean, maybe they were trying to tackle some hard topics for children, but. In the first, like, few minutes of episode one of a pirate show. Come out the door swinging. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But a few of the notable differences. Miss Laughingstock is um, called the Laughing Wind. Um, Pirate Percy is called Percival. And he's a brave and noble captain. Uh, Poppy is named Peppy and is a cowardly first mate. Horace Horrible is always the show's main villain. Janice is Janet. And the skin taker shows up twice and is named Captain Ribs. And also doesn't skin children. <laughs> Important detail. Does his jaw still Unclear. go side to side? Okay. Um, it said he was just, like, a comical skeleton, so I would assume not. Or if it did, it wasn't to grind skin. It was just fun. Yeah. Um, so there's also a few episodes that were unused, like, unreleased episodes. Um, a lot of them we only know, like, bits and pieces about, but I thought I'd, I'd call some in. Um, one is called Enter the Mother's Mouth. It's one we know somewhat about. Um, it centers right after milo enters the service of the skin taker okay um and he's told to enter a cave called the mother's mouth as a text test of strength and a way of battling his inner demons fun um he argued that he didn't need further testing because he just killed his girlfriend um but argument he's he he obeys um the exact specifications of what happens is unclear Except for one scene where Milo encounters a vision of Percy, Janet, and Poppy. Poppy is his name. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Percy constantly, like, mocked Milo about, like, all the failed attempts to get back at him. Um, And Poppy and Janet just kind of... Are there. 
feelings of betrayal is what happens. So, like, extreme betrayal and questioning Milo's humanity. Um, Milo then picked up two blades and decapitated Percy in a rage, causing Janice and Poppy to disappear while eerily quoting, you have to go inside. The famous line of Mrs. Lackey's shock. Um, This episode would have ended with Milo leaving the cave with a new resolve, masking his face uh, to the skin taker before having a heartfelt emotional breakdown Um. on screen while the skin taker leaves. Yeah. Um, there's another episode called The Skin Taker's Plan. Um, in it, uh, we know a little bit about it, that he was intended to kidnap Janice successfully, um, and that he brought her, I believe, to a cave, um, and then Janice is, like, so the skin taker is preparing to grind her skin, his mouth going back and forth to the point where she is screaming hysterically and crying. Um, and the skin taker mm, takes her to a dark room and then screams, I'm going to grind your skin. You'll make a great addition to my cape. Any last words, Janice? And then before she can say her last words, she is rescued. Um, the pirate Percy takes the skin taker's skull and smashes it against the wall. Um, until bones are falling off, and the skin taker says, I surrender, please just let me go. And Pirate Percy does let him go, um, but there's a, the episode abruptly ends with a scream and, like, a title card that's, like, black and red and just says the end. hmm Who screamed? No. I have no idea. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> the other notable thing about this episode was that it included Milo and Horace the Horrible, even though they were all both presumed to be dead at this point huh um and then deep sea dream all that is known about this episode was that it was planned for the skin taker to get his skin back like the skeleton was gonna get his original Huh. There's also some other lores that, like, the reason Percy is a coward is because he saw the skin taker, like, skin someone. Um, and then there's a, a theory, I believe it's Poppy, is the one to have taken the skin taker's skin. Oh. Like, it's a, there's some lore. <laughs> okay. Um, and the reception to this is, the first, you know, the show was traumatic. Yes. Established. The creepypasta, well-received. Yes. Um, it was written that Candle Cove was among the best creepypastas out there. Um, Verge, The Verge wrote a lot of praise for the creepypasta, um, that it was a perfectly dark spin on nostalgia and half-remembered childhoods. All in all, it's a very good creepypasta. The story itself, trauma. Yes. Now, do you want to hear about the Skin Taker's Day Off? I am so excited. (laughs) Season 1, Episode 5. It's one of the more subtle episodes. Um, It's infamous for being completely different than all of the other episodes before. I'm so glad. The episode begins with a normal intro, but instead of focusing on Janet and the pirate friends, the first scene of the episode is the Skin Taker sitting on his skull throne. (laughs) Um, he groans, and he says that Candle Cove is boring, and he wishes he could explore somewhere different. He falls asleep, and when he wakes up, 
He looks towards the camera and finds himself in a realistic set that looks like an apartment. Um, he sees the skyline of a normal American city, later identified as Akron, Ohio. Um, <laughs> he's, a no- he's in a normal outfit. Um, normal hat, normal cape, no skin in sight. Is he a skeleton? Yes. <laughs> he comments, looks like we're not in Kansas anymore, and for the <laughs> first time ever in the series... There's an audio laugh track. <laughs> um, the skin taker goes for a walk around town and notices sites and landmarks of 1971 Akron, Ohio in a montage as Living in the Sunlight, Loving in the Moonlight by Tiny Tim plays in the background. <laughs> Throughout the episode, he's so happy and he seems to be having a great time. <laughs> This is the best that I needed this. He talks to real people on the street who seem confused and amused. He goes to the lake to feed ducks. He flies <laughs> a kite in a park and sleeps on a park bench. He even dances at a disco club. Yay. Throughout the episode, he speaks directly to the viewer, like even waving at the screen at points. And he tells the viewer about all the things he's seen, how much fun he's having. He even makes several corny jokes. So eventually, he goes to um, he goes to a local library and sees a pirate book. And realizes that he misses Candle Cove. Um, he tries to return home. He goes to an alleyway behind a barber shop and tries to crawl inside of a broken TV, and uh, it doesn't work. And he gets like crazy distraught and like cries himself to sleep. No, because he can't get home. Um. And when he wakes up, he finds himself back home. He's overjoyed. The episode ends with laughing and cheering. <laughs> yeah. What a great episode. Yeah. Um, some fans speculate that this episode was a stealth pilot for a skin taker spinoff that was never greenlit. A shame. A shame. <laughs> And it is one of the episodes that was found on the 2014 discs in the barn in Connecticut. How are you feeling? That is the perfect, yes, I needed that after the trauma. (laughs) So what do you think of, like, the the creepypasta overall? I've always loved Kendall Cove. Mm -hmm. I read it way too little. Did you know about, like, all the episodes? I didn't know about all of those. I had heard some. Like, I read a little bit into the lore, Mm -hmm. but nothing crazy because I was too little to under, like, get most of it. Right. Um, but some of those definitely, like, rang bells. Yeah. Reading about it. But no, that's, it's so crazy. It's so well done. Like, I totally agree that it's- really fucking is. It's just, it's scary, but it's enjoyable scary. Yeah. And it is a it is a creepy pasta that has been so fleshed out, but like it doesn't miss, you know? Yeah. And like there are some some creepy pastas are like overcooked, if yeah. that makes sense. They're just like they're trying so hard to be scary and they're just not because yeah. there's just too much thrown at them. Yeah. I think I also like this a lot because even if some parts are weaker than others, you could have just written that off as like a filler episode. Yeah. You know, like, there are so many different pieces. Like, there was a human person who decided to flesh out the list of crew members who were injured. And a human person who decided to write Mrs. Skin Taker with all the confidence in the world. (laughs) Like, 
there are so many people who contributed to this creepy pasta, and the fact that the writer is okay with it, like it makes it all super fucking interesting. It's just fun, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if it came across as very scary necessarily, but I'm also very desensitized to Candle Cove in general. Yeah. Um, but like some of the shit in there is weird and combined with like the images and the videos all of which will be on our google drive accessible through our discord and instagram file um <laughs> and some of the visuals that go along with it like the fact that there is quote-unquote footage of the screaming episode yeah disgusting i hate it gross and bad gross and bad gross and bad like milo getting decapitated after having to skin his girlfriend on tv Along with five other people. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't good enough. So that he can get made into gloves. <laughs> and it's also the combination of, like, think about it. If it was real, like a children's show where a character is having a heartfelt mental breakdown. That's... I don't want to watch that. No. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, the idea of having to watch a character who you followed and enjoyed kill someone. And then have a mental breakdown. Mm-mm. No. Anyway. Is that where you're? you're yeah. You're dropping I'm done. It? How are you? I am good. I conveniently have a topic that kind of fits along. I just whack myself you just with whack the yourself iPad. Like well, do you want to take an intermission? Oh, yeah, we do. Do okay. that. And intermission. And we're back. I stood up to stretch. It was a very short intermission. Very short. I have to get my oil change before it closes, so. Oh, yikes. <laughs> what time do they close? I think 7, so. Oh, yeah, you'll we're be We're good. Fine. Just. Easily, because it's a. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, we should probably jump right in then. Okay. What is your episode? It's a ghost, and I told you it's kind of similar. Which I don't understand. So, like, not not in, like, what happens in Candle Cove, but, like, what's the theme? What would you say the theme is? Pirates? Yeah. Now, so just keep, just, you know, rattle some ideas off of pirate. Like, is it a, is it a ghost ship? Wait, actually? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it, um, is it, is it, is it that one that went missing? Oh, wait, no, that'd be, like, more of a conspiracy. Yeah, that one's a conspiracy. What was it to say? I'm just going, the Flying Dutchman. Oh, Just what like the fuck? The big ghost ship. Why did we do that this episode? <laughs> How did we pirate. do that? We really said Candle Cove and the Flying <laughs> Dutchman. This one, there wasn't. It wasn't as spooky as I was expecting, but the history is just enjoyable, and I was gonna do it in an early episode, so it's really weird that I, like, had this urge to wait. Yeah. And then we both did pirates on the same episode. I don't like that the thought process happened. I don't like that this is- Because I was gonna do this one a while ago, and then I think I wound up doing- I don't even remember what it was for, but I, like, scrapped it, because it wasn't as spooky as I Mm -hmm. wanted, but then I came back to it, because it was like, no, it's just fun- a fun, like- story yeah plus that's a title you know the flying dutchman (laughs) yeah it's just it's so weird you can't find like it's not like you can go on reddit yeah find a a user's story of they saw the flying dutchman right it's all from sailors 
from the 1800s. Which is fun. It's fun, but it's, like, it's so messy. Disclaimer now, every other sentence is me being, like, well, in other stories. Hey, pop and then off. In other stories. Isn't that so many ghost stories, though? And that was me with Bloody Mary. Like, yeah, it just burdens. happens. Um, also, just gonna drop it now. The Flying Dutchman can is usually referring to the ship, but some people use it to refer to the captain and the ship. I thought the captain was Davy Jones. In. Okay. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll it, get there. but it is right. Like that's not right. That's not wrong, right? In, in some okay. versions, he is the captain, um, specifically Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking of. How did they do that man's CGI? <laughs> oh my god, the tentacles. Um, okay, so those of you, if you somehow don't know what we're talking about, it's a ghost ship. When you post pictures onto the Google Drive, you should post the Flying Dutchman from Spongebob. <laughs> yeah, the one from Spongebob, the one from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> And the one from Scooby-Doo. Oh, my. <laughs> like, none of the real ones. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me more, tell me more. Okay. It's a myth. How unfortunate. I think that's incorrect information, but we'll go with it. A no, myth. it's real, it's real. It, it, it started in, uh, started with the Dutch East India Company. Okay. During the 17th century. Weren't uh, they the spice people? Yeah. Okay. Trading. It's yeah. it's a big big. It's it's the golden age of maritime trade. Okay, pretty cool. much. Every, it's a lot of the new trading routes are being discovered. Everybody's on a boat. Nice. All the trading's on a boat. Um, As it should be. Really, we get ghost stories like this. Also, just the sentence of the golden age of maritime trade <laughs> feels I'm, fake. I'm gonna live there. Can I go to there? Yes. Sea creatures. Also, just the word maritime. Why? I worked in a maritime museum. I know. So, I like that word. Why does it, why is that the word? Maritime? What does that mean? Why isn't it water? I don't know. (laughs) Like, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. They're fancy, they're fancy. Maritime. I'll Google it. Okay, so, it is believed that the first written mention of the ship before before it's written down, of course, it's it's a tall tale from sailors. It's being told over and over again. But like right. one of the first like written proof of this was a story being told at this time comes from a guy named John McDonald in seventeen ninety. Seventeen seventy six. Um New York City. He he wrote that the the ship could not reach the harbor in bad weather because there was no way to bring it in. No one to, like, mm-hmm. help guide it in, pretty much. Okay. And then it's just, like... So it couldn't maneuver in. Okay. It's, um... What had happened is that the ship had sunk in bad weather. And now, in bad weather, you can see it trying to get to shore, but just can't. Oh. Um, and we go into that, because that is, is broad... Yeah, extrapolated on. They 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 get a little bit more specific as to why. Okay, cool. Five years after that, George Barrington wrote that uh, superstitious stale- sailors believed that the, seeing the ship meant doom. So this oh. is when it's, it's at the time it's coming a bad omen. Right. Um, well, I mean, it makes sense because it crashed or sunk or whatever. Yeah. The in this one though that they uh, the sailors watched the ship sink after a battle and saw the same ship appear from a dark cloud the next night. 
Oh. Um, saying that they were coming back for revenge. Oh. Almost. So it was like a... Like they sunk the ship and then they were yeah. seeing it return. Yes. Nice. Um, and Ghost a- Boat Gets Revenge 2K21. That's the title <laughs> of this episode. Ghost Boat Gets His Revenge. You really do. In 1803, John Layden, I think is how you say it, wrote that the ship was seen ushering in terrible storms and hurricanes off the coast of Africa. Because, you know, like, most of the hurricanes that come to us in Louisiana are born off the coast of Africa and move this way. And sailors would see these storms form in a ghost ship in front of them. Oh, like, guiding it. Oh, that's cool. It's like towing a mobile home. (laughs) But it's a hurricane. hurricane. (laughs) Um, He also said the crew had committed some sort of terrible crime and that they were cursed with some sickness. So in the story, it's not bad weather that killed them. It was a curse. Isn't that the Pirates of the Caribbean version? K- kind of. They're like half, half like sea monster, aren't they? Yeah. I haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean in a long time. Also. No, but like, I just remember that uh, 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 Captain, or whatever the, whatever the fuck his name is, Orlando Bloom, his dad <laughs> was like in the wall, remember? Yeah. Because he's like, they're, like, cursed to serve Davy Jones forever. Yeah. And Davy Jones is cursed that he can only go on land every seven years. It's, yeah. And that the series ends with, spoiler alert, with what's-his-name becoming, like, bearing the Davy Jones curse. And he spends his night on land with Elizabeth Swan and then comes back seven years later to see his son. Yes. For the first time. It's the seven-year curse. That comes from an opera, I believe. Really? I thought that came from pirates. <laughs> Wait, what opera? It was, I don't remember the name of it, because it was like, I, it was one sentence in the article, most of the articles I read. Um, but you can pull it up, and it's that story. It's that version of the story. I did read another article, and I just remembered it. I didn't write it down for some reason. But it's the story of, that he... T- we talk about it later, but the captain is cursed to make the same trip over and over again. Oh. And he can't get into the harbor because he said that he would, he was going to sail through the storm and get to the harbor if it took him all of, until Judgment Day. Oh, no. And it's taking So now it's going to take until Judgment Day. Yeah. And so, but a roundabout to this is he can break the curse if he can find true love like in Pirates, and he can go on land every seven years. They can dock every seven years, and he has a little bit of time to try to find true love. Um, that's cute. And that's what the opera's about. I do not remember the title now. And I don't I, know why I didn't write it down. But I dig that. I dig that. I like that. Uh, not the curse part. Sucks for him, but shouldn't have been arrogant. Anyway, <laughs> continue. So I believe that this crime was murder. What? Oh, <laughs> on board this ship. <laughs> We're back to the story. <laughs> and so they they caught this sickness or this plague, and they couldn't dock. They're not allowed to dock because they have this the plague. The plague. So they're like, don't go over here. They're quarantined forever because nice. murder. Sounds about right to me. Um, Sir Walter Scott was the first to say that the Flying Dutchman was a pirate ship, though. Oh. So, in the beginning, it was was just a boat. It was a merchant ship. It was a trading ship. And then, this is where a lot of stories split off. It either is a merchant ship or it's a pirate ship of pirates who have done terrible things, cursed to sail the seas forever. I love that. Um. I love pirate lore. (laughs) I love pirates! 
I what be a cool pirate. people there are there's a post i think it might be a tumblr post it's like you weren't born gay you chose to watch pirates of the caribbean <laughs> as a young child and that is correct dude pirate I see lore? no falsehoods in that statement there's nothing about pirate lore that misses it's it's, it's all good. it's so good and i hate the ocean <laughs> okay sorry That's jack okay. sparrow have you seen the deleted scene from pirates of the caribbean which one there's the one where um i forget the main the bad guy in in the first movie the guy who's trying to put jack sparrow to death he works for the english you yeah, know what i'm talking about i know you're talking i don't know um, any of the names i don't either i know jack sparrow i was and Elizabeth just Swan. about to rewatch the series me too because i don't remember most of it because i watched it as like a yeah. six-year-old <laughs> but there's a deleted scene i believe from the first movie towards the beginning where jack gets kidnapped i or not kidnapped he gets captured i believe it is in the first movie because i believe it's on because the first movie starts with his attempted execution and he escapes yeah and then he runs into what's his name orlando bloom and they have the sword fight um but there's a deleted scene from the capture where the leader of the squadron that captures him takes him into like the captain's quarters to have a conversation and it's revealed that jack sparrow wasn't always a pirate he worked for the english at a point Yes. And he says the line where it's like, you could have been great, you just had to transport some cargo for me. And Jack says, people aren't cargo, mate. Yeah, I have seen that. Whoa. He, he became a pirate because he, he didn't, didn't want to be a slave trader. Which is insane. Why didn't they leave that in? <laughs> a good That's line. That's so good. People aren't cargo, mate. Uh, also, I just love Johnny Depp, and I'm happy. I think it's still hinted at in the movie, though, I believe. You know, yeah, and there's a point where, um... Oh, wait, I don't even remember. But it is hinted at. Anyway, I might cut that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to cut it, but I'm going to leave the bit where I say I might cut that. Just so the just audience knows that they missed something. <laughs> yeah. Cut that one, too. Cut that one, too. <laughs> cut that one, too. Cut that one, too. But I'm going to leave the beep and the laughing and then the cut that one, too, so that they know they missed something else. It's an endless cycle. It's an endless cycle. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, like the snake eating its own tail. Anyway. No, no, no. Anyway. Nom, nom, nom. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name, but Captain Folk. S- Smitty Warman Jaegerman Jensen? Yeah, him. Uh, no, <laughs> Captain Folk is in some sources seen as like either the captain of the, the Flying Dutchman or who the captain's based off of. Okay. While living, he was, uh, you know, popular very famous for how fast he sailed around africa okay he had like a record speed or something and there was a very large rumor that he made deals with the devil so he could make the trips these fast i the concept of making a deal with the devil to succeed is so interesting to me anyway um and now he makes this this trip for the rest of time in some stories he does it so uh the devil uses him to to send messages from the dead so he's like he he could make these trips but now he has to do them forever for the devil yeah 
Whoa. And that's kind of a mismatch of a bunch of different stories of the same yeah. concept. There's just so many. That's some lore <laughs> Every right there. article you read is a different version of the same few stories. As it should be. It's so good. Just look up the words Flying Dutchman and just enjoy your time. I've just summarized some cool ones. Will do. Um... Uh, like I said, these captains sometimes have different names or different people, like not the same dude with the same record, but like a similar deal with the devil. Okay. A deal to sail fast or get through a storm fast or make it through some very tricky part of the path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're using the devil to do it. Damn. Um, uh, probably the most notable captain is Vanderdecken. He is the captain in a lot of the stories. Uh, and he wanted to pass the Cape of Good Hope, which is, I think, it's also called the Cape of Storms, okay. while sailing through a storm. And the storms in this area are known to be awful. Detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. Very terrible storms. It's also a very rocky peninsula. Okay. A very hard landscape to navigate, even without a storm going on. Okay. And this is the guy who was, um, this kind of comes into, he, he, is unable to navigate through it and is doomed to sail the same course trying to get uh, past the Cape of Good Hope. Um, so this kind of comes into where the, the ship trying to, to get into harbor comes from. Okay. Like it, it's a similar story where you, you're doomed to do the same thing right. over and over again. Um, if that makes sense. It does. Um, <laughs> And then some stories, not all of them, some stories are you see the ship and it's an omen for something else. Some stories, though, it you, you're you you're sealed to the same fate. You have to make the same trip over and over oh, again. Oh, so, like, you see the, the, the ship and get caught in, like, a time loop. Yeah, kind of. Damn. Time-traveling pirates are even better. Whoa. Um, the spinoff podcast. Another story with a different captain, just clarifying, uh, said that... The, the captain of the ship was playing dice with the devil to see if he could keep his soul. And That's in Pirates of the Caribbean, yes, isn't it? Yes. You have to play dice. Yes. Why dice? I, why not cards? I mean, I guess cards can get wet. I feel like that's why. I feel like dice are easier to keep track of. That's so interesting. But yeah, so... Um, was it the cup game? What is that? Because I know it's not Yahtzee. <laughs> no, they played Yahtzee. It came with those little cards and the little Yahtzee <laughs> pencil. But wasn't, aren't you supposed to, like, shake it up and, like, call I know what you're it? talking about. Yeah. I don't know the name of the game. All I know is that you can call snake eyes. <laughs> and it's two ones. Yes. That's all I know. <laughs> um, and then along the same lines, one story said that the, the concept is life and death are playing dice on the ship to decide the fate of any sailor who sees the ship. So if you see the Flying Dutchman, life and death play dice to see if you live or die. That's so That's so metal. Baller. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh my god. Whoever came up with that one, or if it's the true one, it's the fact that it's it. the fact that it's life and death as like eternal beings yeah. play dice. On a ghost ship. On a ghost ship. And if you see the ghost ship, they battle over your life. Not an actual battle though. Dice. Dice. Yahtzee, motherfucker. (laughs) They're playing Yahtzee for your life. I might change the title of this episode. And you can't even watch. (laughs) You can't even watch. You don't. You don't even know that what you saw was what you saw. Yeah. You just either keep on living and be like, 
guess life one or you just keel over so or you make the same round for eternity you know what we bring all stories into it yeah motherfucker they just nobody ever wins so now you're stuck in a time loop as with a tie yeah they and just you keep get playing. the time loop that's so cool <laughs> we're making our own story. i know it's our own lore <laughs> um so obviously misread all over it was just because it's on merchant ships and it's sailors it travels from port to port and changes with every sailor who tells it right um the written stuff gets changed there's everybody's writing their own sightings um so as we've covered there's about a billion different versions of the story um nice and that just happens when it's it's spread with trade yeah um and it was also it's just weird that like some stuff rang true through all of them it's a eerie green ghost ship it's usually involved with storms and it's always a bad omen okay um like one of the worst omens you can see on the sea see on the sea um but it it, it, second only to the kraken it was always stuff it could be like weather or sickness or pirates were coming or your ship was gonna crash or it could be just like death in general but it was always if you saw that nothing was going to go great (laughs) not a single damn thing was about to go your way buddy nothing good but you're wondering how i got here Flying Dutchman did it. Um, where was I? I always, like, group text in a weird way. I found it, though. Um, but like we said, it also was a, a sign of judgment day. If the ship was getting close to the harbor, it was always an uneasy time. Like, oh. if you saw the ship in the harbor, you're like, is it going to make it this time? Oh, is because, it going to dock this time? Because it's, it's when going it until judgment day. Yes. So if it docks, that means it's judgment day. So it's day. also sometimes That's baller as fuck. <laughs> so it's the omen for judgment day also. That is so Just cool. Just everything. Um, that is so cool. So it already varied greatly. And then, like we said, movies got a hold of it. As they should have. Because um, this is cool. So it's in a billion more directions. So we've said it's in Pirates of the Caribbean, SpongeBob. Scooby-Doo, billion other movies. The um, Scooby-Doo version? Doesn't those... it turn out they're aliens? Yeah. <laughs> also, the Bermuda Triangle is involved. Scooby-Doo hit every <laughs> Scooby-Doo said, bingo card? Ghost ships aren't real, but aliens projecting ghost ships using technology found in the Bermuda Triangle are. Whoa. So. <laughs> the fact that you just did that. Oh my god. I love that movie so much, though. It's so good. Um, and then in Pirates of the Caribbean, like we said, it's it's Davy Jones sailing around, and he's collecting the souls of people who die at sea. Yeah. Um, he's like the, the Grim Reaper. Yeah. But for pirates specifically. And you can play dice, which we've also talked about. What if that's a thing? Side note. You know there's all these different versions of, like, like Anubis in Egyptian mythology. He isn't the god of death. He's, like, the one who brings you down. Yeah. And then Davy Jones collecting the sailors' souls who die at sea and then the Grim Reaper. What if they're all just on the devil's payroll? That's what I And it's, like, all of them. That's what the belief I subscribe to is, like, some of them work on weekends. Oh, yeah. It just depends on what day you die. Some of them request holidays off. Yeah, like, Davy Jones only works in the sea. Right. And then Grim Reaper's kind of everywhere, but he's, like, they switch. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just all involved. We're all right. Sounds right. I think 
They're just all on the same payroll. We shouldn't make each other angry and say only one room's right. It's a lot more fun to bleep. They're just all right. Do they all earn PTO, or is it only a full-time employees thing? I mean, you're still a full-time employee, even if you don't work every day of the week. I know, but... As long as it's Do they earn salary, or do they make hourly, or is it, like, commission-based? Or do they get the souls they take? Is it... Is it DoorDash? Do you just sign on when you want to work? Is it based off of how, like, do you, do you get, is it, is your benefits based off of how many souls you can collect in a day? Is it commission-based? That would be, like, your salary? Do you earn, do you have, do they have health insurance? They have to. They don't die. Okay, true. What about dental, though? You know, if there, a lot of them are skeletons. True. So. Anubis is a dog. Jackal? Jackal. Jackal. Mm-hmm. But, like, do dogs need dental? Because, like, you can you can just give them those bones from the pet store that they oh. chew, and their teeth are clean. <laughs> <laughs> Anubis chews dog toys. <laughs> Yo. That was the tangent I didn't know I wanted. It was... But now I'm, like, thinking about it. No, it's just, I, I love reading about this, and I almost didn't do it, but it was too fun, because who doesn't like a ghost pirate ship? Correct. That has way too many stories to keep track of. Anyway, like I said earlier, there's about a billion claimed sightings of the ship, like, off in the horizon. Awesome. But there's some cool ones we're going to talk about that awesome. have been documented a little bit more than all the sailors got off the boat and were like, we saw the Flying Dutchman. Anyway, <laughs> time to sail away again. Um, sail away. Okay, so our first one. 1835. There was a British ship, and it was in some bad weather, and all of a sudden, out of the storm, like they didn't see it until it was pretty close, there was a huge ship, and it was headed straight for them, like gonna mm. ram them. And right before it hits the ship, um, it disappears. Oh, shit. Crew is convinced it's the Flying Dutchman, and there's, like, a lot of, like, the crew all wrote about it, mm-hmm. told everyone about it when they got to port, um, and story spread pretty fast, so there's a lot of, like, nothing, it's not, like, scientific, scientific reports on no, it, but, but you can find clippings from this, this voyage yeah. of people talking about we were about to be hit with a ghost ship. Um, this one's fun. In 1881, Prince George of Wales, who will later be known as King George, George the Fifth, um, not the Fifth. <laughs> the rest, him and the rest of the crew saw the Dutchman at around 4 a.m. off the coast of Australia. Yeah. I like that they noted the time. Later that same morning, I believe around 10 a.m., the sailor in the crow's nest of the main mast fell from the top and died. Oh, shit. He had been the first to see the ship, and he was the one that claimed it was the Flying Dutchman. Oh. And died hours later. And so they're all convinced now that that was the Flying Dutchman, and it killed him. And if they, uh, they had to get away, or they would meet the same fate. Also, imagine having to be the next guy to go up the crow's nest. I wouldn't have. After some guy just fell out of it. Do they keep the bodies with them on board? They have to, right? To transport them home for, like, a proper burial. Unless they just throw them overboard. Or the, yeah, a sailor's funeral. Yeah, I don't know. Noted. I did not find record if they kept the man. 
In, if they kept the man. In 1939, a group of people in Cape Town saw a ship racing for the shore and then disappears into thin air. Oh. Um, which that reminded me of all the ones trying to, all the stories of them, they're trying, trying to get to, into the yeah, harbor. Dock. Yeah. Um, and then in World War II, we're jumping forward a little bit. A little. Um, a Nazi submarine spotted what they believed to be the Dutchman. It was an unidentifiable old ship. Oh, shit. Uh, like, you know, way outdated ship. Uh-huh. Um, and nothing bad happened to the submarine, but I'm just saying the Nazis definitely lost the war. And it is a bad omen. Are you blaming <laughs> the loss of the Nazis in World War II and the fucking I'm not blaming it. I'm saying they got a heads up that they were gonna lose. It's an Oh, it's an omen. you mean like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can get with that. Say, I'm not saying blaming... Davy Jones came in and killed the Nazis. I'm just saying he warned them. <laughs> <laughs> be expecting me, motherfuckers. I'm here. I'll be back. You'll be flying this souls. submarine for the rest of your motherfucking lives. So... There's a billion more different stories, all, like, slight variations. Some are, like, you're playing a different kind of game, or it's at a different harbor. I I talked about the one at the Cape of Good Hope, but there's Mm -hmm. other harbors and other bays that have ships trying to get into them or trying to get out of them. Uh, There's some stories that say it was hurricanes on certain days that the ship was lost due to this storm. Oh, yeah. So, like, there's a billion other little details that change every story. Um, but those are, like, the main kind of arcs of it that uh-huh. you, you'll find. Um, so, like all good ghost stories, somebody's gonna try to explain it away. Bullshit. Um, and I'm just saying- Why do skeptics have to kill the fucking fun? So, these explain some of the sightings. But not all of them. But not all of them. And that's why I believe in ghost ships. Okay. Um, but the most probable explanation for a lot of them is what's called a, I don't know how to say it, it's kind of, it's Latin, uh, Fata Morgana. Okay. It's a kind of mirage that happens in, like, vast expanses. So, of course, on water, but it could also happen in deserts. Yep. That was my next example. Um. Because you said mirage. Yeah. Doesn't that happen in Aladdin? I haven't seen Aladdin in so long. Anyway. (laughs) It's, it's due to moisture in the atmosphere, and it bends light in a way that causes you to perceive objects that aren't really there. Oh. It's not making new objects. It's display, It's displace, displacing images. So, for, like, a ship that's too far on the horizon for you to see with your naked eye, uh-huh. the light gets refracted in a way that makes you see a ship, an image, like a... A translucent image of the ship much closer that you can't see. That's weird. So you can't see the other ship. No. But the light's bending in a way that your brain has to perceive it as there's something there. Because the light's refracted refracted in a bad way. Super weird. Um, So this can cause it to be, like you can see it closer in the water. Mm -hmm. Or it can even cause it to be like um, hovering over the, the horizon. In some cases, that's why a flying ghost ship. And then sometimes it can even cause ships that are coming towards you, but you can't see them on the horizon. You'll see an upside-down ship. And sometimes this this phenomenon, you'll see the ship, and you'll see the... The The um, upside-down one on top of it? The reflected ship, yeah. And you can can see it in both examples. You'll see a closer ship and the far-away ship. 
That's whack. Yeah. You can look up, like, videos and pictures of, like, ships moving, and you can see how the, um, mirage is moving with it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there's, like, been experiments done by people on ships showing, like, which ship it was and tr- explaining the light bending. It was a lot of science. I'm not but good at science. <laughs> it was a cool explanation. No, like, yeah. That totally could be a lot of the sightings I've of a ghost ship. I've never heard of, like, an upside-down version of the Flying Dutchman. But I've, yeah. I've heard the flying one before. Mm-hmm. And then another one is called Looming. It can make ships in the horizon look like they're above the water. So you, oh. like, see the horizon in before it actually does and the ship in the distance. It's just because of the reflection of light on the water. Mm. It looks like the sky The sky is, like, reflected and your your brain kind of categorizes as the horizon lower than it is. Okay, so it looks like it's So flying. there's this, like, weird band called something that this looming effect can happen where it'll look like a flying ship in the distance. Spooky. This one's not a, a double image, though. This one is the ship. Your eyes are just playing tricks on you. Weird. Making it look like it's above the horizon when it's not. Why are our brains stupid? But that does not explain <laughs> that British ship about to be rammed. Because that... No, because that was close. That was not far away on the horizon. No. And all the things where... There's stories where sailors had ships pull up to them and disappear. Or pull up to them and there was this sick crew on it. Yeah. So like zombies. Um, also, how would it work if, like, the... Ships in a storm. Where that's what I was about to say. If the light is, if the sunlight is being blocked not by like clouds through, and shit, why is it green? And oh, theory. that's another very good question. Why is it green? Why does it happen like in the same areas? Why can you see ships racing towards a harbor and then disappear? There was another sighting of a ship that it was racing towards rocks, <gasps> and they thought it was going to crash. They were trying to signal to it, and right before it hits the rocks, it disappears. How does that's that happen? Ominous. What do you do? That's not some ship. It also like brings in the question because you know it's it's the the repeating. You know you're you you know what I'm saying. You repeating the same thing over and over again, like a videotape, like goes. a videotape. But I mean, haven't we talked so much about how ghosts might just be fingerprints? Yeah, like you're seeing a fingerprint of a whole boat instead of just an individual ghost. That would explain why I'd be forced to relive. Like, crashing into the rocks or trying to get into the harbor. Yeah. Uh, my question is, like, for, for people, you can make the argument that they their energy, because we are we run off no, of yeah. natural energy, is, is messing with the electromagnetic waves in an area that can be repeated. You right. can have, like, a rippling effect through time, right. because time is fake. Right. Um, how does a boat make waves not in the water? The only <laughs> thing that I could come up with is maybe it's just... Especially with, like, older pirate ships, it's, like, maybe the energy is just, like, crazy concentrated. Because there's so many people on it for such a prolonged period of time that it almost, it's gonna sound so cheesy, but it almost gives the boat, like, a soul. I can see that, and, like, and especially referring to boats as like things, like as, as, like, names, as names, and, like, and giving it an identity. The ship. Right. Yeah, I, like, I'll, I like it. We can make our own pirate lore right here. No, I was going to say, and especially, like, the, you go down with the ship. Like, yeah, you're, you're tied to it almost. Right. You put your energy into it right. kind of thing. And, like, that could come into cursed objects we've talked about. Exactly. Is someone putting energy into an object, and it's usually, like, uh, strong emotions. So, yeah. like, a, a kid who went through a terrible ordeal might have a toy that's haunted and yeah. connected to them because they've poured their energy 
right unintentionally into this object and if you pour your energy into a boat if you have 20 people pouring all of their energy into a boat for a six-month period of time no i think i think that's a viable way to explain ghost ships and especially because have you ever heard of like other ghost for lack of a better terms vehicles because the only one i can think of really is beijing bus 375 Mm -hmm. And then planes, some planes. planes that have gone down. But plane crashes, trauma. Yeah. It's like joint trauma. Same with Beijing bus 375, if it was even real. And then pirates who put their life and soul into the ship fighting for their life in like a cannon fight or something. Yeah. That could be pirate trauma. Pirate trauma? New name. <laughs> this episode has like four names already. It's very pirate themed. I enjoy No, it. literally. <laughs> But, like, I feel like that makes sense. And the the reliving. Also, I think it'd be weird if, like, I think that you can also say that's why that people believe they're they're sailing for the devil on the same path. Yeah. Because it's just replaying. Right. Their their trip. Something we've already, something they've already did. Oh, another thing I want to talk about. Like I said, that, that some people believe that that ship is now delivering messages from the dead. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that if uh, the ship gets... The ship can sometimes dock, and if it docks and gives a message from the dead, the message is always a bad, like, this is about to happen to you. Oh, it's bad. Like, like it's prophetic? Yeah. It's prophecies. That's always bad. sick. There was a lot of, it's a lot of, like, prophecies or omens, or mm-hmm. they're ushering in storms, or they're, they're... It's all very predictive. Yeah, it's, it's life and death playing dice for your, your yeah. life. It's all, like fate oriented like your fate is determined by the ship or your fate is being predicted by the ship that is so fucking badass why Sailors do pirates get it. sick ass lore <laughs> dude we have bigfoot pirates have the fucking ghost ship that life and death play dice on that also will dock on the day of reckoning like we have bigfoot <laughs> and the Loch Ness monster have you seen the map <laughs> Of what? <laughs> it's Bigfoot sightings compared to the map of people in a certain year that had furry suits. <laughs> and it matches up really well. <laughs> so Bigfoot's just furries. <laughs> I have not seen that. Trauma. It's good. Oh my god. I hate that. Eventually we'll cover Bigfoot. And I'm going to make fun of it the whole time. (sighs) Same with all of the other cryptids. Except for the chupacabra. I just, I have a topic I want to do and I don't know what category. This is so off topic. Except that we have a podcast and we're doing a podcast right now. And it's about podcast. What do you want to talk about? I cannot tell you that information. You told me about the spy animals and then it was just a pleasant surprise when it happened. (laughs) I'm not going to cover it on here. Like two weeks later, it's like, all right, (laughs) I'm back. So what is it? What is it? I'm not telling you. No, please. I can't tell you. Come on, just die. I'm I'm not going to steal your topic. No, I'm so excited to do it. I'm so excited to drop the bomb of what I'm doing. Why won't it fit into a category? Because... would, okay, so like you would say a creepy pasta is an other. Yes. And use that for conspiracy, like conspiracy or other. Right. Okay. I can see that. So is it a creepy pasta? It's like a creepy pasta. Yeah, it's a creepy pasta. Is it a cryptid? No. 
Is it the rake? No. Are you going to tell me if I guess it? It's a creepy pasta, but you didn't know if it was going to be an other or not? Why not? I did, because I, I did, I did a couple of my others as ghosts. Yeah. Because they were creatures. Right. And I, I did conspiracies as, like, a phenomena. Yeah. And I put creatures with supernatural ghost. I, like, grouped it weird no, in my carries. head. Um, so, but creepypasta, I'm gonna do as an other. Also because other's my next one, so I can do it faster. <laughs> is it, is it, um, oh, I just had a thought, too, and it went away. Oh, it was such a, is it werewolves? No. Vampires? No. It's a creature? It's a creepypasta. Tell me. I cannot tell you. Please? I'm gonna die. But then you have to tell me one. I have to tell you one that I'm doing? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me see what my next episode is. Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna do a next, because I... Okay, then I'll just pick a topic that's on my list. Um... Because I could do a next, but I want to, like, pour a lot into this episode. Pop off. (laughs) My topic for I told you I was gonna do Beijing bus 320 or 375 why doesn't that count because you're not doing it now okay um I can tell you that for an episode coming up I was gonna do and like talk about all of the wait what is that oh wait seriously I only said that because I thought you knew what it was I know (sighs) It's fucked up. And also, a lot of people believe Ugh. Okay, now tell me yours. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, wait, that's gonna be so good! (laughs) Yeah. That's gonna be so good. I fucking love that shit. I never watched it, though, so I'm excited. I'm gonna rewatch it all. Do it. And that's why I could do it for the next one, because it's not terribly long. I mean, we do have, like... I have a break to do it for. I was about to say, like, two weeks, three weeks. Might do it. I should have known. But it will be coming, because I obsessed over that stuff. That's gonna be a good episode, especially if you, like... Yeah, break it down. That's gonna be fun. I'm excited for that one. I had to wrestle that out of you. Yeah, because I could have dropped that on you in a day. Imagine if you would have <laughs> sat down, and you think I was coming in here with some rinky-dink, creepy pasta, and I see... I'm gonna break down all of my i'm excited for that because i know that that's gonna be like a dissertation like i love that stuff i could probably find like bitch is gonna come in with time stamps and be like at this on this episode if you pause the exact millisecond and zoom in 58 pixels you'll see it like it's gonna be some random stuff like that that's gonna be fun also we just very much got excited about something and the audience doesn't know what's happening so they look forward to it we could bleep it out. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving all that in. Yeah. I'm leaving all of that in. All of the excitement. But now every time I say, I'm going to do it again so you have to beep right now. I have to put a beep and I've said it like 10 times already. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Well... Have fun guessing what those beeps are. No, literally. <laughs> y'all are gonna struggle. Oh my god. And especially coming, like, so what soon. What can we do if, if someone guesses like, either of them? Oh, you want me to bleep out mine, too? Oh, that's up to you. Then what did you mean, either? 
I was saying, like, oh, yeah, if I, we, I thought we were, but, oh, I can. but if you don't want to, you don't have to. I might be harder because I do explain it, but I could just cut that chunk out. That? And just say, bloop, and you say, what's that? Yeah. And then I say, oh. But, um, if somebody guesses it, what should we do? I, I don't, I don't know if anyone will. But I don't think anyone's going to. We can, what is something weird we could do? I was going to say we could, like... We could shout them out. I mean, yeah, that one's easy. Like, this person guessed it. What yeah. What are you going to suggest? I have no clue. We play Minecraft with them. Bet. Here's the deal. <laughs> if any one person... Not even one person. If a few people... Send in your predictions in the Discord as to what you think that we just named. And if you get one one of them right, we'll, we'll all get on a joint Minecraft server. Whoever gets one of them right. Because I don't think anybody will. Yeah. If you get both of them right, you'll get to play Minecraft with us and we'll shout you out on the podcast. Oh, that's that's rough. We've shouted out people for far less. I know, but I I wanted to raise the stakes. What do you want from me? <laughs> no, I like the Minecraft one. Okay. If anyone can get it or get close, Minecraft. If anybody we can, can give a hint, too. And so we can I'm... have upwards of, like, ten people play Minecraft all at once. So, ten people. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna give a couple hints for mine, just to make it a more fun game. Oh, okay. We're doing a game now. Like I said, it's creepypasta. This creepypasta specifically is not written. It's not a written story that you read. It's It's more interactive interactive one can say and to be there for it was crazy okay um because oh i can't say it yeah don't give too much hints yeah but yeah so it's a little it was more than you just opened up a tab and read a story or read a no sleep it was a much more it was a production pretty yeah. much and um but it, it also is a very big one it's not like i'm gonna make you dig on reddit for three hours to find it it's no. a pretty big one and I think you could probably get it with that. If you're if you're big into creepypasta, you know what it is. You know, you say that, but I don't think that would have been the first one that came to my mind. Really? Yeah. We'll my, talk after. We'll talk after. Mine? We'll compare notes. Is an experience. That's all I'm going to say. That's the only hint. It was TikTok famous for a second. There you go. Watch a lot of TikToks. And it was it was something that dumb people did. There you go. And I'm going to do it as an other. Both of the ones we just named were others, so they're going to be equally, like, they're going to be harder to guess by default. Yeah. So if you can get one of them, even one of them, even if you can just guess Emily's or just guess mine, um, send your predictions. We'll create a new channel on the Discord. And I'm going to, I'll call it uh, episode 26 predictions, because that's the episode they're going to air on. Okay. And if you can guess it, um, I will DM you privately, and I'll get your Minecraft username, and we'll play Minecraft, and yes. maybe we'll make it into, like, a YouTube video or something. Uh-huh. It'll be super fun. That would be cool. Um, I really hope people actually guess, because otherwise we're just gonna sound dumb right now. Well, we can make them think they did. Oh, yeah, we can just pretend that it happened yeah, and just lie. Make up a- I'm gonna make a new Discord. And start, <laughs> and start <laughs> Get the ball rolling No, literally, we bit. just rig up a bunch of bots, like- <laughs> just make a bunch of bots real quick (laughs) but yeah um so yeah if you can do it that'll be fun 
Alrighty. And if not, we're gonna be really fucking embarrassed. I don't know if anyone's gonna get it. We can just play Minecraft anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, we can just play Minecraft by default. If nobody guesses at all, this is a we'll boy. just film a Minecraft video <laughs> with the people who guessed, and it's just us. That would be so funny. <laughs> All right, goodbye. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, after the ending music plays, the creepypasta is gonna play. It'll Candle be Cove. like yeah, I was about to say it'll be like a beat or two behind. But I'm gonna do a reading of Candle Cove, the creepypasta, so that you guys know what I was talking about. Um, and it's like eight to ten minutes long, so it's not that big. And I hope you enjoy it. Goodbye. Follow us on everything, please. Ah, uh, and Emily is gonna update her Google Drive. What? Yes. When I get back to home. Yes. So we'll do it today. We'll we'll keep our Google Drive updated. You can access every picture and every video that we talk about on the podcast through our Google Drive link. And you can access that Google Drive link through our Discord. It's on our Discord um, in its own channel, clearly labeled. And then there's um, also a link in our Instagram bio that'll bring you to it. And you can navigate as you see fit. It's all labeled by um, numbers and stuff, and if it's confusing, there's an Instagram story on how to navigate it. And you could just talk to us on Discord. Oh, that too. Ask questions, we will answer. We're going to respond um, now. We've been in there every day since, for like, a couple weeks now. Did you see that Noki commented pickle under our latest TikTok? (gasps) I didn't. Oh my (laughs) gosh, what was I even supposed to do? You were supposed to say hi to them, and I responded as the podcast and whatever um so yeah do that and then also we are morbid and mundane on tiktok and instagram um we do not have a twitter and we do not have a facebook and we might never will who knows um (laughs) i hate twitter (laughs) but yeah follow us on discord we've been in there a lot we've been chit-chatting we have some people we have some friends i sent a picture of my coffee cup the other day because it said goblin juice we've been having a good time bye bye (laughs) okay What follows is a reading of the creepypasta Candle Cove by Chris Straub. Net Nostalgia Forum. Subject, television, local. Skyshale 033. Subject, Candle Cove, local kids show. Does anyone remember this kids show? It was called Candle Cove, and I must have been six or seven. I never found reference to it anywhere, so I think it was on on a local station around 1971 or 72. I lived in Ironton at the time. I don't remember which station, but I do remember it was on at like a really weird time, like 4 p.m. Mike Painter, 65. It seems really familiar to me. I grew up outside of Ashland and was nine years old in 72. Candle Cove. Was it about a pirate? I remember a pirate marionette at the mouth of a cave talking to a little girl. Skyshell 033. Yes, okay, I'm not crazy. I remember Pirate Percy. I was just always kind of scared of him. He looked like he was built from parts of other dolls. Real low budget. 
His head was an old porcelain baby doll. Looked like an antique that didn't belong on the body. I don't remember what station this was. I don't think it was WTSF, though. Jaren, 2005. Sorry to resurrect this old thread, but I know exactly what show you mean, Skyshale. I think Candle Cove ran for only a couple of months in 71, not 72. I was 12, and I watched it a few times with my brother. It was Channel 58, whatever station that was. My mom would let me switch it on after the news. Let me see what I remember. It took place in Candle Cove, and it was about a little girl who imagined herself to be friends with pirates. The pirate ship was called the Laughing Stock, and Pirate Percy wasn't a very good pirate because he got scared too easily. And there was calliope music constantly playing. Don't remember the girl's name. Janice or Jade or something? I think it was Janice. Skyshell 033. Thank you, Jaren. Memories flooded back when you mentioned the Laughing Stock and Channel 58. I remember the bow of the ship was a wooden smiling face with the lower jaw submerged. It looked like it was swallowing the sea. And it had that awful Edwin voice and laugh. I remember how jarring it was when they switched from the wooden plastic model to the foam puppet version of the head that talked. Mike Painter, 65. Haha, I remember now too. Do you remember this part, Sky Shale? You have to go inside. Sky Shale, 033. Ugh, Mike, I got a chill reading that. Yes, I remember. That's what the ship always told Percy when there was a spooky place he had to go in, like a cave or a dark room where the treasure was, and the camera would push in on the laughingstock's face with each pause. You have to go inside with his two eyes askew and that flopping foam jaw and the fishing line that opened and closed it. Ugh, it looked so cheap and awful. You guys remember the villain? He had a face that was just a handlebar mustache above really tall, narrow teeth. Kevin Hart. I honestly, honestly thought the villain was Pirate Percy. I was about five when the show was on. Nightmare fuel. Jaren, 2005. That wasn't the villain, the puppet with the mustache. That was the villain's sidekick, Horace Horrible. He had a monocle, too, but it was on top of the mustache. I used to think that meant he only had one eye. But yeah, the villain was another marionette, the skin taker. I cannot believe what they let us watch back then. Kevin Hart. Jesus H. Christ. The skin taker. What kind of kid show were we watching? I seriously could not look at the screen when the skin taker showed up. He just descended out of nowhere on his strings, just a dirty skeleton wearing that brown top hat and cape, and his glass eyes that were too big for his skull, Christ almighty. Skyshell, 033. Wasn't his top hat and cloak all sewn up all crazy was that supposed to be children's skin mike painter 65 yeah i think so 
Remember his mouth didn't open and close, his jaw just slid back and forth. I remember the little girl said, why does your mouth move like that? And the skin taker didn't look at the girl, but at the camera and said, to grind your skin. Skyshale 033. I'm so relieved that other people remember this terrible show. I used to have this awful memory. A bad dream I had where the opening jingle ended. The show faded in from black and all of the characters were just there. But the camera was cutting to each of their faces and they were just screaming. And the puppets and marionettes were all like flailing spastically and just screaming. Screaming. The girl was just moaning and crying like she'd been through this for hours. I woke up so many times from that nightmare. I used to wet the bed when I had it. Kevin Hart. I don't think that was a dream. I remember that. I remember that was an episode. Skyshale 033. No, no, no. Not possible. There was no plot or anything. I mean, literally just standing in place, crying and screaming for the whole show. Kevin Hart. Maybe I'm manufacturing the memory because you said that, but I swear to God, I remember seeing what you described. They just screamed. Jaren, 2005. Oh God. Yes, the little girl, Janice. I remember seeing her shake in the skin taker screaming through his gnashing teeth, his jaw careening so wildly I thought it would come off of its wire hinges. I turned it off and it was the last time I watched. I ran to tell my brother and we did not have the courage to put it back on. Mike Painter, 65. I visited my mom today at the nursing home. I asked her about when I was little in the early 70s when I was eight or nine, and if she remembered a kid's show, Candle Cove, she said she was surprised that I could remember that. I asked why, and she said, because I used to think it was so strange. You said, I'm gonna go watch Candle Cove now, Mom. And then you would tune the TV to static and just watch dead air for 30 minutes. You had a big imagination with your little pirate show.